The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I want to remind you that a week from today we'll begin VBS, and uh, we need your help. Um, There's several things that you can do. There's some cards in the back, and you can take those cards and hand them out to uh, family, friends, neighbors, anyone that that you know, and invite them to BBS. They can register online. That's the easiest thing for us. We're still in need of a few volunteers, and so that sheet is in the back. If you can help us for even just a a day or two, then look at that and, and sign up, and we'll get you plugged in somewhere. Have your Bible with you this morning. You might be opening it to Psalm 2. Psalm 2. And so, uh, what we're doing this summer is we began to look at some very old songs that are in the Psalms. And we've done this for the last several weeks. We're going to do it for a few more weeks. Towards the end of the summer, we'll look at some newer modern songs as we tend to do and see spiritual messages in those as well. But I want to begin by reading Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrifying them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will therefore tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. The Psalms are old. They are older than the church. They are older than the books and letters that we have in the New Testament. They are older than our great, 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 great grandparents. They have been around longer than this nation has existed. And so this this raises some questions. And one of the most important is how should we read these psalms? Because at times they speak of situations and circumstances that are foreign to us. It's obvious that they came from long ago. Now at the same time, this has not stopped the people of God from incorporating them into their worship and their personal devotion. And so the Psalms have been a a meaningful part of people's lives for thousands of years. And each generation finds something endearing 
in these ancient texts. They speak to the heart. They give us words when we have none. They teach us. They comfort us. And even though these words were written long ago, they are not dead. They are living words. And this is why we return to them again and again. The Psalms were relevant to the early church because they found Jesus in them. And so they they sang these songs in worship because they reminded them of Christ. And this is how we should read the Psalms as well as the rest of the Old Testament. And this is one of the great mysteries of Scripture. Inside these age-old chapters and, and verses, there are hidden treasures. There are things in the Psalms that David and others could have never imagined. And so the, these texts, they point to the anointed one, the Messiah that would come and carry out God's plan. We we're actually given a glimpse of how the early church used Psalm 2 in Acts chapter 4, verses 24 through 27. In this passage, the church begins to pray, and they incorporate Psalm 2 in their prayer. And so Luke records this for us in Acts 2, or Acts 4, verses 24 through 27. I think my scripture's wrong up there, but look at it, find it in Acts 4. It says, and when they heard it, They lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, and here they begin to quote Psalm 2, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. And so not only does the early church use this psalm in their prayers, but they take it and they apply it to their current situation. And so they they understand this psalm to be speaking to what they are experiencing at that very moment. And this is what Scripture does. Scripture not only has a context and an original audience, which, you know, once we learn something about, we can best interpret what was written But Scripture also speaks to us today. It offers a word to us here and now. It has something to say concerning the times in which we live. And so it can help us no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. And so let's look at this psalm. It begins with a question. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? We learn in in verse 2 that the raging and plotting is in opposition to God and in opposition to his anointed. And, and the word anointed there is the word uh, Messiah. That's, that's the Hebrew word. Translated, it means anointed. And so following Jesus means that there will be people who do not like us or do not like what we stand for. They stand opposed to the message of Jesus. They do not like the ethics of Christ. And and we learn here that their opposition is not reasonable. The psalmist describes it as rage. It is a deep emotional reaction. It is hatred towards what is holy and what is true. 
Now, I need to offer a word of caution here. The, the psalmist reports that the, the world will hate people who follow God. Jesus actually says the same thing in John 15, 19. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now, let's be careful here. The reason why the world may hate us is because we follow Christ and for that reason alone. We cannot be rude. We cannot be unkind. We cannot be arrogant or hateful and then think, well, we're just disliked because of Christ. We are not called to be a jerk for Jesus. We are to imitate Jesus. Uh, and that means that we got to love our enemies. We have to be kind to one another. We have to use our words to build one another up. And that we even, as Paul says in Romans, that we must strive to the best of our ability to live at peace with everyone. And if we are hated because we are following the ways of Christ, then Jesus says we're going to be rewarded. If we are hated for any other reason, then we must change our life so that we are living as we should live. Even though the world may not like us, we still must behave as Christians. And so the book of Psalms teaches us that God is an emotional being. God is not a stoic. Uh, we learn here in Psalm 2, he laughs. We learn in other Psalms that he mourns, he even cries. He hurts. He loves. We learn in verse 4 that when God looks out at the, the high and mighty and sees that they plot against uh, him, that he holds them in derision. He mocks them. He laughs at their futile plans. And there is a reason to laugh because there, this is an absurd thing to behold. Kings, rulers, um, CEOs, celebrities, other important dignitaries, they believe that they're in charge. They think they're running the show. They believe they have all the power when in reality they have no power at all. They cannot change a thing. And they are nothing compared to God and God knows it. And so he sits and he laughs. This plotting in vain even looks absurd at certain times. Uh, for instance, Herod is afraid of a little baby. He cannot stand it. It drives him mad. He seeks to kill all the babies just to get to one. This is not the behavior of a rational man. What leads him to do this? He has been intoxicated by what little power he has been given. And he will stop at nothing just to hold on to it. And we learn here that when we cling to anything besides God, we end up looking absurd. We do irrational things. It's a way of living that, that leads to a bad end. There is no blessing in that kind of life. The abundant life we seek is found only in Christ. And there are echoes of Jesus throughout this psalm. 
In verse 2, there's a reference to God's anointed, the Messiah. And then in verse 6, there is talk of a king. And finally, in verse 7, we find these words. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I've begotten you. And so the mention of a begotten son should leave no doubt in our mind. This is a psalm about Jesus. And in the very next verse, we are reminded that Jesus is Lord of lords. He is King of kings. The, the, the nations are all his. The earth belongs to him. And Jesus is the answer to all the world's problems. If the nations would follow Christ, if they would just do that one thing, there would be no war. There would be no poverty. There would be no racism. Everything would be as it should be. And this is what Jesus does. He comes to teach us the right way to live. But we easily lose our way. And Jesus reminds us of the way that we should go. He comes to give us abundant life. It is God's desire that, that everyone find salvation in Jesus and live as they should. And this is the plea in the final verses. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. What does it mean to be wise? It means to follow Jesus. A wise leader is one who walks in the ways of Christ, but sadly, we live in a world where this is rare. Pride and power often get in the way. Ego trumps the word of God. People make their own way in the world. They do what the author of Judges said long ago, what is right in their own eyes. The final plea of the psalmist is to wake up and take refuge in Christ. We know that life is hard. You know that if you watched the news this last week, there were two separate stories of bright, talented, successful individuals who chose to take their own life. We all have our struggles. We have things that, that we wrestle with that, that no one else knows about. Let me encourage you not to face your battles on your own. Don't listen to your ego. Ignore your pride. But instead, give your struggles to Jesus. And not only that, find a fellow Jesus follower, a fellow Christian, to confide in and to do life with. Because this is what church is all about. You know, too often we, we come to worship with our struggles and we, we put on a face for everyone and then we leave without ever asking for help. But we're here to help one another. We're here to do life together. And we're here to assist each other in following the ways of Christ. So if you have a battle you're facing this morning, don't do it alone. Don't, don't leave here without confiding in someone.
Psalm 2 should be a comfort to all who profess to be a Christian because it reminds us of who is in control. You know, sometimes it seems like life is, is chaos. It's, it's out of control. It might seem at times as if the rulers of this world are, are having their way. But we read Psalm 2 and we remember that, that God holds them in derision. That God sits and laughs because their plans are, are meaningless. We learn that God is in control. And that it is his ways that lead to an abundant life. And as long as we trust in God, we can rest assured that we're going to be taken care of. Because God has the whole world in his hands. And this includes you and it includes me. And so blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we acknowledge your greatness and your power and your awe. And we're so thankful to be reminded in this psalm of your majesty and that you are in control of all things, that that you are ruler of all, that you are Lord of lords, you are king of kings, that you are in control of everything. We know it sometimes doesn't always seem that way, that this world can seem a little crazy. But we continue to put our trust in you. And we continue to follow your ways, knowing that it leads to an abundant life. Father, we yearn for the return of your son. When the things that we profess will become a reality. When the rulers of this world will truly know their place. And they will see you sitting on your throne. We're so thankful for what your son did on this earth to conquer the powers of evil. By going to the cross and giving his life for all of us. We pray this in his name. Amen.